Thank you, Jesus. So when I started, when I started learning about ministry, the Lord, the Lord allowed me to feel something in the beginning. Look at someone and say, you can feel it. But God doesn't want you to live by what you feel. He wants you to live by faith. And what happens is as you begin to grow in maturity in your relationship, you don't look to the feelings anymore. Because if you keep wanting to feel stuff, it's very shallow. And God wants you to build your life on His Word. Look at somebody and say, God wants me to build my life on a firm foundation on His Word. His Word is unshakable. It's a firm foundation. I love that song. I woke up with that song this morning in my heart, and then you played it. I'm like, yeah, girl, that's what we're talking about. That's the jam right there. Luke chapter 11. So this is Jesus. He just cast an evil spirit out of a person. And then he says this. You know, he's talking about it in the crowd. He's talking about what happens when you cast an evil spirit out. And I'll read it, verse 24. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns to find that its former home is all swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter in that person and live there. And so the person is worse off than he was before. you got to fill yourself with something else. You've got to fill your heart with the Word of God so that there's no room for the enemy to come and take residence on the inside of you. Can I get an amen? The, God's Word and His presence are one. Say that. Say God's Word and His presence are one. They work together. Jesus is anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. So the power of God rests on the Word of God. Everybody with me? Say Jesus is the Word. And the Holy Spirit rested upon him in full measure. That means that the full power of, the, of God is in the Word of God. If you don't have the Word of God, you don't have any power. You don't have any authority to overcome anything. If you want to overcome things, you need to get the Word of God in your life because that's where you draw authority and power from. And you speak the Word out of your mouth to the mountain and it will be moved. Look at the person next to you and say, there's power in my words. Not just any words, the Word of God. You know, people are like, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich. Give me the Word of God. Don't just do some positive self-talk. Get rooted and grounded in a solid foundation that you can draw authority and power from so that you can build your life on something strong. And then it says here, and Jesus replied, wait, 27. As he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, bless, God bless your mother and the womb from which you came. So if you go to the Catholic church, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Why? Bless the womb from which you came. Right? But this is what Jesus says. Jesus says this. In verse 28. 
But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. You are more blessed than Mary, the mother of Jesus, when you take the word of God and do what it says. That's what it says right there. A person cries out. A woman in the crowd called out, bless your mother, the womb from which you came and the breast that nursed you. And Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all those who hear the word of God and do it. More blessed than the mother of Jesus? To those who put God's word into practice. Look at someone and say, you've got to build your life on the word of God, which is a solid foundation. I'm going to get to the part here in a second where I talk about what God did in teaching me. But let's read this. Matthew 7, verse 24. Matthew 7, 24 says, Anyone who listens to my teaching, Jesus speaking, and follows it is wise, like a person building a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And so if you want to stand through the storms and the trials and the tests that you're going to face in life, you have to build your life on something solid. Something that can weather the storm. Something that will keep you standing no matter what happens all around you. Listen, if you build your life around a person, that person could die. That person could leave you. That person could betray you. Then your life falls apart. You build your life on your plans, your dreams, what you want, and those things fail. Then you come to the end of yourself. You're like, I got nothing more to live for. You start getting suicidal thoughts. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not telling you anything that I didn't go through. I know what it is to have a dream in your heart, but it's centered around making money. And then when it falls apart, then you've got nothing more to live for. And that's why you have to get your identity set in Christ. Who are you in God? What does God say you are? You're not... You're not the person outside of the family of God anymore. You are a child of God, and your heavenly Father's got things to tell you about your life. They're not what your parents said, what the world says, what your friends say. They're not even what you think. They're what He thinks. And God has got good thoughts about your life. God has got good plans for your life. But you've got to run to Him to discover what He has for you. You're not going to find God's plan for your life outside of God. Look at the person next to you and tell him, you are the key that unlocks God's purpose for your life. You are the key. That means I can't go in there and unlock it for you. You have to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm here to discover what you have for me. It's only when you come does it get unlocked and revealed. Now, I can get glimpses of it by the Spirit through the gifts of the Spirit. And I might see a glimpse here and there, but you can get the full package. It's like a sonogram. You know what I'm saying? You go, you're pregnant, you go there, and they put that, 
and they can see. <laughs> they even got color pictures now. But when you hear it, when you receive it, you've got the full, you've got the fullness of what God has given you. You carry it. Amen. You feel it moving in you. When God speaks to you, that's what Jesus said in the book of uh, in Luke 4. Luke 4, chapter 4. It says here, when G- Jesus gets baptized in the, in, in, in the river Jordan, he goes into the wilderness. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returns from the Jordan River. He's led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into a loaf of bread. When Jesus came up out of the water at River Jordan, the clouds opened and a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So the father spoke to Jesus and told him who he was. But anytime God speaks to you, the devil wants to come and get you to doubt what God said. Look at the person next to you and tell him the enemy's number one tactic. His number one strategy is to get you to doubt what the Word of God says. He doesn't want you to believe the Word. No, don't believe the Word. Believe Him. And you have to decide who you're putting your trust in and who you're believing. Do you believe the Word of the enemy? Is that what you're building your life on? Or are you believing the Word of God? And is this what you're building your life on? Tell somebody there's two types of Word. There's the written Word of God, and there's the spoken Word of God. There's things that you hear that God speaks directly to your heart. But God wants you to get a foundation in the written Word before you start hearing the spoken Word. Look at somebody and say, if you're not faithful with what's written, you're not prepared to receive what's spoken. Because Jesus right here, He says to the devil, He says, no, the Scriptures say... See, he knew the word. Jesus knew the word. He said, no, the scriptures say. When you have thoughts running through your head, the enemy wants to come and take residence on the inside of you with thoughts that are not of God. How are you protecting your heart and defending yourself? Do you have swords that guard your heart? What weapon do you have to fight the enemy's words? You got to have the sword of the Lord, which is the word of God. That's how you overcome the enemy's thoughts and words to you. you got to have a firm foundation to stand on so that you can tell the enemy, pack your bags and leave, you liar. And he says, no, the Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. And he was quoting Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy says this, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. And he did this to teach you that people do not live by bread alone, but rather we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so the Lord wants to tell you things from his mouth. He wants to speak those things to you so that you hear him. And when you hear the Lord speak to you, that word goes into your spirit like a seed. And it's up to you to hold on to that seed. If you don't hold on to the word of God, that seed will not produce fruit in your life. So there are three types of ground 
that you don't want to be. So you don't want to be hard ground. You don't want to be shallow ground. You don't want to be thorny ground. You want to be good ground. So that when God speaks His Word, that Word goes into good ground. It takes root. It springs up and it produces fruit 30, 60, and even 100 times more than what was planted. Look at someone and say, the Word of God will make you prosperous. You know, when the Lord spoke to me to start the ministry, this is what He said to me. He said, the enemy's plan is to divide and conquer. I've called you to restore relationships so my people can prosper. If you don't want to prosper, you need to leave. If you don't want to prosper, then this is the wrong place for you. Because that's the grace that has been given to me to break off everything that's separating you from relationship with the Lord. And when you connect with God, your life prospers in every area. Your mind, your health, your soul, your body, your finances, your relationships, your family, your business, everything begins to prosper. And so sometimes I'm really hard up here. Not because I want to be. It just comes out of me. And I just let it go. I'm not going to sing it. And that's the thing. The Lord wants me sometimes to speak to the blockage that's holding your heart captive. And I got to speak the word of God. I got to direct my words at it so that it can break it open. There has to be an unlocking where you're held bound. And you think that's you, but it's not you. It's the enemy that's got you, and we've got to break that mindset out of you. And you're like, you're judging me. You're attacking me. No, we're not attacking you. We're attacking the thing that's holding you bound in the devil's trap, and we've got to break your heart out of it so that you can see something that you're not seeing right now. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says that the enemy blinds the mind so that you cannot see the truth of the gospel. You can't see the glory. You can't see the good things that God has for you. You talk to people about giving their lives to Jesus, they think you're lunatic. You're crazy. Why do I want to live that life? Go to church on Sunday, give money, serve people. Ridiculous. But you don't know the life that comes from this, the freedom that comes. And people look at you and they think you're insane, but you on the inside are knowing that you're being transformed and changed because of God's goodness on the inside of you. Amen? So you've got to build your life on the Word. Look at someone say, you've got to build your life on the Word. Find somebody else and you've got to build your life on the Word. Find someone else and you've got to build your life on the Word. I think we should do a song. It's just build your life on the Word. Build your life on the Word. Build your life, build your life, build your life, build your life, build your life on the Word. It's like 10, ten words. Just get it in you. And make it so annoying that it can't, it's like one of those earworms where it just won't come out of your head. You know what I'm saying? Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it, whether death or life. So whatever you say, you're going to produce in your life. Amen. And so the beginning of this, oh, beginning of this year, yeah, the Jewish New Year just started. 
And it's usually in this season that the Lord starts talking to me about what's coming in 2023 for us as a house, as a body, right? And so the Lord gave me Deuteronomy this year. And this is what we're, we're sowing a seed into your heart, and this is where we're going. Look at the person next to you and say, this is where you're going. You've got to grab the word of the Lord. You've got to put it in your heart. You've got to hold on to it, and it'll produce what it says. Look at somebody and tell them the word is a container, and it has the power and the DNA on the inside of it to produce what it says. If I, if I come up to you and I call you stupid every single day, what will that word produce in you? Stupidity. If I walk up to you and I say, hey, you're ugly, and I tear you down every single day, that word penetrates to a point on the inside of you where you look in the mirror and you see yourself as ugly. And that's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants his words to penetrate to that place on the inside of you where his word takes root and germinates and produces thorns and thistles and spikes and ugly, U-G-L-Y. M-A, M-M-A, we know how you got that way, your mama. And so, when that ugly devil comes around and he wants to sow these things in your heart, you don't take the bait. Amen? Because when you take that seed and you hold it in the ground, the Word will produce what it says, whether death or life. Deuteronomy tells us, choose life. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. You've got to make the choice. Because whatever you put in you is going to produce. Look at the person next to you and say, whatever you put in, you're going to come out. If you sow with the Spirit, you're going to reap life. You sow into the flesh, you're going to reap death. You've got to choose what you're sowing. And the enemy wants to fill your heart with seed that is opposite of what God says. And until you've got God, you don't have any of the Word in you. None of the goodness of God in you. And so you've got to make a decision. You say, well, how do I get rid of what's in me? What we do is we put new seed in the ground. We've got to rip some stuff out by the root, and then we put some new seed in the ground, and we grow things. Touch the person next to you, tell them you're made from the dust of the ground. You're a dirt bag, and seeds grow in dirt. Words are seeds. They have the ability to produce what they say. They're containers. If you water it, what's in it will spring to life and will produce fruit. Some of you got some big trees you need to uproot. Yeah, Lord, send a hurricane to uproot some trees. The wind of the Spirit blow and let a mighty storm come and move on within. I surrender and let it rip some stuff up. Just lift your hands up and say, Lord, rip some stuff up. Say, Holy Ghost, go ahead. <laughs> That's a dangerous prayer. Woo, sir, you're in trouble now. You told him to go ahead. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 12, 
Listen, O Israel, listen, O pure church. The Lord is our God and the Lord alone. Say that the Lord is my God and the Lord alone. There's no other gods around you, amen? There's no mixture. There's no Hare Krishna, a little bit of Buddha, a little, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. We're not mixing any new age with any other things. There's only one way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way to the Father. He is the one we worship. He's the one who died for us. Amen. It's by His name and His name alone that we get saved. There's only one God. We don't have idols. We don't burn incense. None of that stuff. I hit incense. Yeah. I don't know why. I just went there. You burn incense. You should pray with fire in your heart. That's incense to the Lord. Light in something. Jesus. I don't know why. Incense stinks. I always choke around that stuff. I'm like, what is that? You know it's true. You go like, something's choking me. Let me move on. Listen, O Israel, listen, O pure church, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And you, say, and I will commit myself wholeheartedly to His commands. Amen. We're going to commit ourselves to His commands. And repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you get up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead. I don't know if you should tattoo your forehead or not, but it said wear it, so you probably can take it off, so that's not a good idea. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So that means put the word everywhere you go. Put it in your mind. Keep it on your mouth. Tell your kids about it. Tell the people around you about it. Speak the word of the Lord. And then he says, and the Lord, your God, will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So that means when you, you it's soon, the Lord will, it's confidence. He's not saying he might, he'll think about it. No, he said he will bring you into what he's telling you if you'll obey his commands. If you'll keep it in the heart, if you'll tell your kids about it, if you'll speak about it, if you'll write it on the walls. On the doors. Put the Word of God in front of you. Keep it before you day and night. Meditate on it. You know what worry is? That's meditation. You're just thinking about the wrong words. Get God's Word in you and worry about God's Word. I want you to worry. I want you to worry God's Word day and night. Meditating, that's what it means. And then he says, oh, this is where it gets good now. Now look at the person next to you and say, if you can't handle prosperity, this is where it's going to get rough for you. He says, the Lord your God will bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestor Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. 
You will draw water from cisterns or wells that you did not dig. And you will eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. That means there's things that God is going to put in your hand when you live for Him. He's going to add things to your life that you, they come from Him. How many of you would like to see this become a reality? Then you've got to take the Word, you've got to put it in your heart, and you've got to hold it as seed because you're going to grow something that's not currently in your life. That's what the Word of God does. The Word of God is there to put something light in a dark place. That means it's supposed to put something good where there's no good right now. And the way that you produce it is you have to grow it. But if you don't understand cultivating and you don't know how to hold on to the seed and you don't know how to pray and say, God, you said in your word, not whine at the Lord. If you're going to go to Bible college and you don't have the way to get there, you don't have a car, you don't have a job, you don't have a place to stay, what do you do? God, I don't have a job. God, I don't have a place to stay. What do you do? You praise God. God, you said, I'm going to Bible college. And what happens? Somebody calls you up and says, hey, the Lord told me to give you a car. Suddenly got a car. Now you can get there. Why? Because the Word of God will produce things. The Word of God will bring what you need to fulfill the assignment God's got you on. You see, we're not worried about Africa. We're going to rock up there because God said go. And when we show up where God said be, everything unlocks. Why? Because you obeyed Him. Because you did what He said. Does it look like it's going to work? No. But God said. When did God say? 2005. The Lord said to me, I'm going to restore your family. He did that. He said, you're going to start a business. He did that. He said, you're going to expand it. He continues to do that. He says, you're going to build a home debt free. It's almost fully built. And he said, you will have an international ministry. Guess what? The home is here. International ministry starting. I don't know how it's going to work, but God said, you're going to have it. So I step on what God said and boom, watch it happen. This is how you live by faith. If I, if it, people are leaving Africa by the thousands, by the tens of thousands. And God's saying, go to Africa. Uh, I don't know, Lord. People are dying over there. The economy is terrible. The, the exchange is 18 to 1. Not very good. People are starving. 35% unemployment. I can go to God with all the problems. But God sends you to the place to solve problems. Look at somebody and say, God uses his children. He sends them into dark places to solve problems. To bring the light. To bring change. To bring the kingdom. To bring his goodness. God doesn't send you into places where things are not needed. God sends you where He is not so that you can bring Him. You know, so if you're at a job where people are cussing, that's why you're there. Not be like, I can't work here anymore because the people are cussing. They mess with my aura. As if you don't cuss. Oh, hypocrite. No, we're all holy than thou, like, ah. Uh, get over it. Suck it up, buttercup. 
I don't like the man that I got. Stop complaining about it and pray for him. Serve him in love. Don't deny him in the bedroom. Treat that man good. He's the head, but you're the neck, and you can make that head go wherever you want it to go. Where are you leading your household, woman? Where are you leading it? Are you tearing it down with your mouth, or are you building it up? Men, don't be a jerk. I told you it gets rough around here. I'm just trying to help your household. Don't be an idiot. Help your wife with the children. Oh, now you're meddling. Don't make me throw my podium. You put those kids in her. She carried those children. You don't let her carry it by herself. You're, you're the house bond. You're the one that keeps the household together. You're not supposed to be out with your friends every night, leaving your wife at home with the kids. Don't make me get mad right now. Be an idiot. Help her clean the dishes. Take the vacuum out. You can do that. You can play video games with your fingers all day. You can learn how to use a vacuum cleaner. Don't make me come and smash your PlayStation. Woman, tell me if your men are on those games and they're not listening. We will bring the posse around. The men's group will come to the house and we will baptize your husband for like two minutes and take his PlayStation away. Don't double Scooby-Doo, Huckleberry, Hound Dog, dare us, because we will do it. I don't care if you get mad. We'll be 10 and you're one. You're not going to do anything about it. Chill out, babe. I'm on a roll. Let the man do what a man got to do, okay? Don't soften it. My wife used to come to me and say, you're too hard with the people. No, I'm not as hard as I want to be. Some of you men got to stop acting like little boys. Let me say that again. You don't need your wife to be your mother. She needs to be your woman. I'm not angry right now. I'm really happy right now, by the way. You can wash your own underwear. Are you a man or are you not a man? And woman, stop whining. Stop whining. When you don't get your way, don't whine. Because Missy will bring you some charcuterie board, some cheese with that wine. Just fixing some stuff up in the home here because... And your kids don't rule your house, by the way. BTW. Your kids do not rule your house. You are the parent. Your children's problems are your fault. When they came into this world, they had a blank hard drive. Everything they have is because of what you put in there or what you allowed in there. Is this true? 
It's the truth. And so we've got to get stuff together, amen? God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. But if you can't get your stuff together, you can't figure this out on the inside of you, and then you can't figure it out with your husband and your wife, and you can't figure it out with your kids, how's the blessing of God coming on your household? If there's arguing and fighting and strife and division in your house, there is no blessing because the Bible says God commands His blessing where there is unity. And so we got to figure this stuff out. And as a husband and a wife, if you'll get the Word of God at the center of your life, the standard that you live by, your household will turn around. And man, you got to get it together because the household will follow you. Let me say that again. Men, you have to get it together. You have to do this first. Don't wait for your wife to do it. Don't wait for your kids to come home and tell you about their encounters with God. You make a decision that you're putting God first, and your household will turn around. Do you know what a locomotive is? That thing up front with the smoke. Your wife is a cart, and the kids are the carts. Wherever you go, they're going to go with you. So lead your home to the Lord. Because listen, we can give God to the kids all day long here at our schools and everything that we're doing, but they're going to follow dad. They're going to follow you. And where are you leading them? Can I get an amen? Look at the person next to you and say, God's going to bless you. God's going to increase you. But you've got to deal with your stuff. Can I get an amen? Yeah, I'll say that too while I'm on a roll. If you're a young adult and you have a job and you're not contributing to the household, then what's happening is you're not learning how to live by yourself. How are you going to pay rent if you can't even manage to cover your own living expenses while you're under the roof at your mom and dad's? And you're just going to let your kids live rent-free and whine about it? You have to train them up as parents to be responsible and build the four walls around their life. What are the four walls? Come to Financial Peace and find out what those four walls are. But it's being responsible for your needs first, getting a job. And I don't care if you start at $5 an hour. God will bless the work of your hands and He will increase you. So don't enable your children. Train them. And prepare them so that when they leave the house, they're able to stand. And they're not going to come running home. Three people are excited. Can I get an amen? All right, I'm finished with that. Look at the person next to you and say, the pastor loves you. He really does. So, let me finish reading this. If you're here for the first time, welcome. When you have eaten your full in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in Egypt. Can I get an amen? And so, in this season, the Lord wants to multiply you and increase you if you're in this house. I don't know about anywhere else. 
But this is the word of the Lord for this house. And the Lord wants to bring you into increase in this season. You say, why? Because in the next 15 years, we've made a commitment to build 70 churches in Africa. We've made a commitment to build youth development centers. And guess what? It's going to need funding. Look at the person next to you and say, God gives seed to the sower. So when you make a commitment that you're going to start sowing, the Lord will provide seed in your hand so that you can sow to the works in the kingdom. So I was whining to the Lord this week again, because I do have moments where I whine to the Lord, even though I'm super spiritual. And I was whining to the Lord about this widow ministry in Africa. Because it's not my responsibility. It's not my church. It's that guy's church. But he keeps sending me stuff telling me um, what he's doing. And so I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm irritated with this guy because I'm not the bank, I'm not his bankroll. And the Lord says to me, I want to increase you to sow into every good work. So what I want you to understand is that every time God wants you to sow beyond what you're comfortable with, you're going you're to have a little breaking that you need to go through. It's not comfortable. And so the Lord puts opportunities in front of you that make you uncomfortable because the Lord wants that you to overcome that test and grow beyond that thing that's irritating you. Because when you're irritated, you're not walking in love. That means you're not trusting God for the provision to overcome, to break through that thing that, that's on other people's lives. See, God wants to bless you to be a blessing. If God's going to use me to be a blessing to people, it's going to be to people who are doing good things for the Lord. And God wants to flow through you as a channel. And you're saying, well, God, I've got schools that we're building. We're doing this and that. The orphan ministry is not my problem. But the reason it's coming to me is because he's making it my problem. Will you do something about it? Or are you going to whine about it like I did? Like when my wife two weeks ago was spending money on stuff for my daughter, and I was like looking, I'm like, what happened to this, babe? I thought it was a pair of glasses. Why $800? Where'd that come from? And the Lord said, why don't you believe me for the resources to, and the increase so that you can live to the, your wife's standard that she wants to live by? Okay, Jesus. And so the Lord is expanding me. The Lord is expanding me in the area of my giving, and He wants me to be a blessing to my wife. He wants me to be a blessing to the widows. He wants me to be a blessing to areas where He wants to use me to be a blessing so He can increase me even more than what I'm already blessed with. But if you're going to have an attitude with the areas where God is telling you to sow and do work, and it's not pretty and it's not what you, what's comfortable, then God can't use you. God doesn't want to use you in areas that you're comfortable with. He wants to increase you. And there's an expansion for you to live by faith and walk in a deeper realm of love. And that means something has to break in you. And it's a mindset and it's an attitude. And it's what limits you. Can I get an amen? So stand with me this morning. Thank you, Jesus. So lift your hands to the Lord. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, I ask you to help me. Because I need help. And I'm coming to you as my source. 
You are my God. And it's in you that I put my trust. Lord, I want to see increase. I want to see expansion. I want to be used to bring light into darkness. And I ask you, Lord, wherever there's darkness in my heart, where there's doubt, where there's unbelief, where I don't trust you, where I'm afraid, I ask you, Lord, to expose those areas in my soul, in my thinking. And I ask you, Lord, to uproot, burn up, and destroy any seeds that have been planted by the enemy that are stealing, killing, and destroying things in my life. I want every enemy standing in my way to be removed. And so, Lord, I give you my heart, and I look to you, and I ask you, Lord, to do a work in me and change me so that life can flow through me. I want to be blessed to be a blessing. And I declare that I am blessed to be a blessing. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, I thank you that you expose things in our hearts, Lord. Lord, where every person's at a different place and we're fighting different battles. And Lord, I ask that you would open the eyes of our understanding. Let the light of the glory and the goodness of God shine in our hearts so that we can get strategies and wisdom from heaven to overcome the things that we're currently facing. Father, in every place where people have been held bound, I thank you for the chains being broken, God. And I thank you that even this week, circumstances and situations will turn around because of what you have done in this meeting today, Lord God. And Father, we thank you and we praise you and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, can I get an amen? Slap somebody high five. Tell them Jesus is doing a work in you. It's not comfortable, but it's going to be good. Came down and